Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Jerry Jones has absolutely doomed the Cowboys to the same fate of the last 20 to 25 years. That's very clear. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. The move yesterday, rather Sunday night, during the AFC Championship game was... (laughs) To fire Kellen Moore. They Jerry Jones going to find a way to get involved on championship weekend, ain't he? He's going to find a way to be absolutely. involved. <laughs> Even if his team ain't playing. No question. And that's exactly what happened with the Cowboys on Sunday night. They fired Kellen Moore after this past Friday. Mike McCarthy was exceptionally noncommittal on his future. And Chris, the bigger message that has been sent here is the much bigger concern for the Cowboys. Once again, Jerry Jones needs to be the guy to get the credit. Mm. And that is ultimately what is most important to him. He is chasing the ghosts of Jimmy Johnson. And the reason I say this is because you have said Mike McCarthy and his, frankly, average coaching is good enough for us. That, that, that's what it tells you. But really what it is, is it's good enough for me to continue to maintain control over everything that happens. And it also says, oh, that's okay. If things don't go well early to middle of next year, we'll fire him and we'll make Dan Quinn the coach. So I still have control over the organization. Well, let's paint the picture for the audience that's listening on why you think that it's about Jerry Jones getting the credit. The fact that they haven't fired Mike McCarthy and tried to hire Sean Payton is why you think that Jerry is obsessed with the credit. Yes. Because if they were to make that decision and the Cowboys did win a championship, it would be about Sean Payton winning that championship more than Jerry Jones. Yep. And it would put him in the same spot that we saw him in in the early 90s when he fired Tom Landry and hired Jimmy Johnson and Jimmy got all the credit for creating that dynastic run where the Cowboys won three chips over four years. Let me ask you this. That's what it would come to. Do you really remember it the way that Jerry seems to remember it, that Jimmy Johnson got all of the credit for what happened, and nobody was giving credit to Jerry Jones for making the smart move and hiring Jimmy Johnson when he absolutely got destroyed for firing Tom Landry the way he did when he first took over. Well, that should be the most significant move that any NFL owner makes, Carlin, right? He made that move, it's, and they won three it's, Super it's Bowl. Hire the, two, but the, hire two the coach, Jimmy. hire the general manager, Put football people in place and then empower them to make football decisions. Don't insert yourself and micromanage the people that you're entrusting the football product to. But yet, that's what Jerry Jones has done at every step ever since he's moved on from Bill Parcells. Whether it's been Wade Phillips, whether it's been Jason Garrett, whether it's been Mike McCarthy, it's all been about having a head coach in place that you can control and that you can micromanage. And what has that gotten you? One playoff win, Carlin? Two yeah. playoff wins? I mean, that's just, not, that's just not good enough by the Cowboys' standards. And so I, I think you have to look at doing something different, and that something different is Sean Payton. Now, it feels like that boat has sailed because you fired half the coaching staff and you decided to retain Mike McCarthy. But, Carlin, the problem with rolling the dice on McCarthy, and I said this before, you're going into 2023, which in my opinion is the last – window to win a championship with this core of players you're going into this season banking on Mike McCarthy 
being a better play caller than Kellen Moore was, being better in game management than he was in his first three seasons, and being better than the two other coaches in your division that most people would view as better at their jobs than he is, in Brian Dable and Nick Sirianni. That is a hell of a gamble to take for an owner that is in win-now mode. Well, here's what I know. When somebody struggles at their assigned task, the best way to get them to execute it well is to give them a lot more work. And that's exactly what just happened here with Mike McCarthy. He gave himself a lot more work to be calling a place to basically be the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys in addition to all the head coaching responsibilities and managing the game, which he has already proven he is not very good at. So I don't understand where the logic is in that. If you wanted to fire Kellen Moore because you think you needed a new voice in the room or there was a power struggle, these things happen. There is no indication the Cowboys are going out and hiring another offensive coordinator to replace him. All signs are pointing to Mike McCarthy calling the play. Well, they're going to hire an offensive coordinator. He's the, just in name be, only. Yeah, exactly. He's just going to be an assistant to Mike McCarthy. But then you have to ask yourself, what kind of offensive coordinator are you going to get? Who, who wants to come in and be the OC? Who wants to come How in? How is and, this an attractive job? But that's my point. Who yeah. wants to come in and do those things because you know Mike McCarthy is going to be on the hot seat? As an assistant coach, as a position coach, do you want to fill those coaching vacancies knowing that this staff could be out of here after a year because Mike McCarthy is on the hot seat? So, again, you have an issue with attracting the very best candidates. The Cowboys coaching staff is not going to be better off because you fired all of these coaches over the last week, including Kellen Moore. And that's a part of the problem for this team moving forward because they're going to be in a situation in the NFC, Carlin, where there are a couple of teams – that from a talent standpoint are on par with where they're at, the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. You need your quarterback, your head coach, or a combination of the two to be a difference in those matchups in the postseason. And right now, I don't know how you can have any degree of confidence if you're Jerry Jones that either one of those guys is capable of doing that for you. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. On the flip side... If I'm Kellen Moore, I'm freaking thrilled. I couldn't be in a better situation. You're going to take me going from Dallas to where Dak is turning it over left and right this past year, and you're going to put me in L.A. with the Chargers? Granted, with Brandon Staley... He's on the hot seat, too. He's on the hot seat, but Kellen Moore is not somebody to me that's immediately going to lose his job if Brandon Staley gets fired. No, he might get elevated to head coach if Brandon Staley gets fired. Exactly. Especially with the organization having to pay Justin Herbert an extension this offseason. Now, why does that matter? If you're the Spanos family, you want the return on investment for forking over a quarter of a billion dollars to your young signal caller, and you probably are going to lean in the direction of an offensive-minded head coach for your next hire – just because of what we've seen in the playoffs this year. In the divisional round, call in the final eight teams in the NFL playoffs, seven of the eight teams had offensive-minded head coaches. That's where the league is going. They're going to follow the trend if they're going to make another investment in a different head coach to support the decision to extend Justin Herbert this offseason. So Kellen Moore is in a good spot, especially if he establishes a rapport early with Justin Herbert. Because if they do move on from Brandon Staley, if things go off the rails early this season – then Kellen Moore would have the inside track to be a head coach. Think about it. Kellen Moore was a finalist for the Carolina Panthers job this year, too. Yeah. 
along with, Frank Reich, along with Frank Reich and Steve Wilkes. So that's something to consider. Kellen Moore has had his name out there for head coaching jobs the last several years, and for good reason, because his offenses have been good. But that's a great spot that he landed in, a better offense from a talent standpoint and a better quarterback. If I were the Cowboys or if I were a Cowboy fan, this would catch my attention. This would, frankly, bother me that yeah. it took him about four seconds to have a, another, if not a better, job than he just left because my team fired him. Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking, if you're the New York Jets, you got Nathaniel Hackett. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't work out, wouldn't you have preferred to have Kellen Moore? Yeah. I don't know if Kellen Moore would have taken the job. It's a great point. Because you just, don't know who the quarterback would have been. Uh, that's, right? a, that's a great point. That's a great point, but there's no shortage of green with gang green. So, I mean, you this could is always true. pay somebody more money. This is true, and here's the thing. You know what it would be like? If you, if you did end up paying Kellen Moore that much money for the Jets, for Kellen Moore, I think it would be kind of a no-lose situation because if, if the coach gets fired, you may be a candidate to get the job, but also I don't think anything that would happen this year for Kellen Moore would be – viewed as his fault. I think more likely you are somebody that jumped on a sinking ship and it sunk. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing, too. Like, from the Jets' perspective, there's no comparison when you look at the resumes of Nathaniel Hackett versus Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore is a better offensive coordinator than Nathaniel Hackett. Does he definitively, in your mind, take Justin Herbert to be to the next level as a quarterback? To be in the Jalen Hurts, uh, Patrick Mahomes discussion next year? I think he does. Yeah, I think he does, too. I think he does, too. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. One thing to remember is that Herbert is already on his third offensive coordinator in as many years, and he is still this good. He can only get better. He can only get better. Man, but that just goes to show you why Eli Manning demanded to be traded from the Chargers when they <laughs> drafted him number one overall. It's, it, you got to overcome a lot to make that thing work with the Chargers organization. Canty, up next. Listen, I think we'd all admit that to win a championship, you have to have a lot of things go your way. Yeah. But one person in particular is getting a ton of credit for why the Eagles are here. We're going to tell you why it's clear he doesn't deserve all the credit, and they have been exceptionally lucky that some of those decisions that he's made haven't worked out. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is something we all dream about, and we get to do it because, you know, we did it better than anybody else in the NFC this year. My first year here, I mean, they probably didn't even want to draft me here. You know, it's probably one of those things, but it always handled itself. It is rather fascinating what has transpired down in Philadelphia because if the initial inclinations on a lot of moves had actually come to fruition, the Eagles wouldn't be here, and we'll explain in just a minute. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You just gave us some eye-popping numbers yeah, from the weekend. Go. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter just surfing around, seeing what's trending, and according to Sports TV ratings on Twitter, Carlin, the NFC Championship game, a game that was decided after the First San Francisco 49ers drive where Brock Purdy got knocked out, 47.5 million <laughs> viewers. 47.5 million viewers wow. for a 31-7 blowout. Now, the AFC Championship game, more closely contested, Carlin, 53 million viewers. Wow. Football is king, my friend. You know Football what ju- is king. You know what just happened when What's you that? give out those numbers? The, the price for the Washington Commanders just went up again. Oh, yeah. It's there's, $7 there's billion. There's no doubt about it. But, Carlin, I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking about it with the Eagles 49ers game. How much do you think of the viewers, how much of that was driven by people gambling oh, on that uh, game? Oh, it was all driven by that at the end. I mean, 31-7 in the second half. I mean, they didn't, Yeah, people playing people knew the game under, was over. Yeah. I mean, think about the fact that you had a quarterback on the field who could not physically throw the ball. It could not have been more boring in the moment. <laughs> And there's 47.5 million views. Why? Because people have prop bets. I know somebody who had George Kittle over 46.5 yards. And you, and you that were was, watching. That wasn't thrilled about the Brock Purdy injury. That would have capped off a little four-leg parlay, but I digress. But that's the point. All of the people that had the under over that was 44.5 yeah. that were concerned about that, all of the gambling, people are a lot more likely now than before, with the legalization of gambling over the last few years, listen, there was always gambling. We always, know that. Always. There always was. Now, there's the legalization of it, which I think has brought even more people into it, and they are more likely to hang around in those blowout games because of what the implications Well, are. you've added another form of entertainment with your product. Like, yeah. the gambling is a complement to an already outstanding product in sports entertainment, which is football. So, I mean, the NFL owners, it's astounding that they've resisted sports gambling for so long, and now it's the very thing that's boosting their business. Speaking of uh, plays that we had, Carlin, our play of the night last night? Bingo. Lakers-Nets? Yep. Under 231 total points? Yep. Lakers uh, uh, Nets minus nine, nine, and then Nick Claxton over 11.5 rebounds. Bingo. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Let's go. Plus 423. Love it. Out. Oh, nice little piece of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny. So I have to give credit to a friend of mine down in Philadelphia, Jack Fritz, who's a talk show host down there and a producer. This was probably 
seven or eight weeks ago, and they were basking in how well things were going for the Eagles. Uh-huh. But he pointed some things out, and I just wanted to add to them, and it is fascinating to consider this. Howie Roseman, the Eagles GM, has gotten nothing but flowers all season long, given that they are in their second Super Bowl in five years, and he has been the architect of this team. And he deserves credit. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I give him more credit for being able to survive over the years as well, the general manager of the Eagles. That may be where he is think about most it, skilled. He, he dates back before Chip Kelly. <laughs> that, is, that may be where he is most skilled. He is the NFL's version of Brian Cashman. Yeah. Because he has become a member of the Lurie family yes. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And he also has always handled media very well. So he has been more likely to get passes on some mistakes over the years because of that. But think but about But not on this show, though. Not on, not this, on this show. Because you're on, not going to give him any passes. Well, no. And, and <laughs> I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But let's just take a look back at what the truth was prior to the moves that happened. What I mean is what Howie Roseman initially wanted to do versus what the second or third option was, and these second and third options really paid out for him. All right, let's okay? go. Howie Roseman, when they hired Doug Peterson, wanted to hire Ben McAdoo to be the head coach. Mm. Ben McAdoo was in the car on the New Jersey Turnpike, headed down to Philadelphia for a second interview that was basically a technicality at that point when the Giants called him back and said, let's talk some more. Yeah. So he turned around. So he wanted to hire Ben McAdoo, number one. When they fired Doug Peterson, he wanted to hire Josh McDaniels Mm. to be their head coach. That was the first choice. And Josh McDaniels kind of looked at the scenario and said, I don't know if this is the best place for me. Okay. All right. Here's one that's exceptionally damning. He wanted to trade up and attempted to trade up for Zach Wilson. Really? In the draft. Yes. Really? Zach Wilson? Yes. And these are all stories the guy that, that the Jets, The guy that the Jets pulled the plug on. Yes. In less than two seasons. Prior to the 49ers getting Trey Lance. This is the same draft, right? Yeah, same draft. Yep. He was trying to move up to that three spot because he thought he was going to be able to get Zach Wilson there. Wow. Wow. And that's when he already had Jalen Hurts there. And they were saying he's our guy. That was, no, that was trying to, you know, maneuver his way up. Last year, Chris, he wanted to give up the farm for Deshaun Watson. Oof. True or false? Oof. Remember, there was a lot of talk Oof. about that. Oof. He didn't do, they didn't end up winning that whole battle, and he ended up in Cleveland. Good for him. Wanted to keep Carson Wentz and fired Doug Peterson because of that. Now, remember, Howie's the guy that traded up not once but twice to go get Carson Wentz. And he paid Carson Wentz. Yes. Yeah. Really? So I can can understand wanting to keep Carson Wentz. Yes. Yes. Carson Wentz had that great uh, first 10, 11 games in Philadelphia in 2017, and then the injury, it obviously fell apart. Yeah. Fired a Super Bowl-winning head coach to do it. Howie Roseman had a deal in place to trade for Calvin Ridley last year and the falcons basically that said, was before the gambling scandal came the, out with right, ridley the falcons said this was a couple of days prior to the suspension yep said 
you may want to hold off on that because <laughs> something's coming. So the Falcons save the Eagles from themselves. Right. Okay. And then in free agency last year, Chris, they had the second highest offer for Allen Robinson, Ooh. who was an absolute bust with the Rams. Yeah. So think about they could have ended up with Allen Robinson as opposed to getting A.J. Brown. Yeah. So here's the point. Everybody has good fortune that goes their way. That's a lot of good, That's a lot of good fortune right there. Though. We didn't even mention all the misses at receiver in the draft. Oh yeah, JJ Arcega Whiteside yep. over AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, Jalen Rager, Rager over Justin Jefferson. Like there was some ugh, Remember really the bad remember drafting. the reaction from Mike Zimmer and the Vikings when they took Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson? Oh yeah. They oh, couldn't yeah. believe it. Oh, they could. They, they they rushed to the podium to turn in the car. And now they but, have both. Exactly. <laughs> now they have both. Uh, but here's the thing, though, Carlin, that just goes to show you, you can be great, or you can have some misses in other areas of your team. Mm-hmm. But if you get the head coach and the quarterback right, you can get it turned around fairly quickly. But remember, and that's exactly what's happened. Remember, they weren't convinced enough about Jalen Hurts after year one that they tried to trade up for Zach Wilson. And after year two with Jalen Hurts, they tried to trade for Deshaun. Carlin, Watson. I ain't saying this is math class where you got to show your work. The fact is... I just care to no show ma- my work. No matter how it ended up panning out, <laughs> they landed on the right head coach and the right quarterback, and now the team is in the Super Bowl. And he deserves year credit two for that. of both of those guys being the starters. It, it, sometimes the best... Moves that you make are the ones that don't end up happening. Yeah. And clearly in the case of the Philadelphia Eagles and Howie Roseman, that has absolutely been the case. Yeah. Just wanted to point that out. Mm-hmm. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. The most confounding Pro Bowl selection in NFL history is next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Just an absurd, absurd situation with the Pro Bowl and somebody that made the team that is just going to blow your mind. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio <laughs> and on the ESPN app. We're filling in for Greeny today. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hey, football season is winding down. Basketball and hockey are heating up, and nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Not only... Does Vivid Seats have great ticket prices? They're also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th free. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of the 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. Did you see that Vivid Seats uh, on social media last week was more than ready to hire Bubba away? Yes, I saw that. he made sure that they got three or four extra live reads. Yeah, Vivid Seats got very aggressive on the Twitter last week with Bubba. Very yeah. aggressive. Trying Bubba, to poach our people. Bubba, yeah. were, were um, terms discussed for your job? Have you officially accepted a gig with Vivid Seats? Yeah, I mean, well, the original plan was for me to leave last week, as I mentioned. You know, we're still talking, you know, because, right. I mean, I was giving them a Did lot. Did negotiations hit a snag? A little bit, because, I, you know, I felt like I was giving them a lot of, you know, free reads. Yeah, so that's, I, I think that's clear. Chris, you know, if he knew what he were going to do, he would have done it already. So, yeah, and I felt like, you know, we're, we're, 
We're still talking. Bubba channeling Tom Brady. What you're telling me right now, Cam, is that I need to get award-winning, hard-hitting journalist Jim That's Gray. That's how we're going to gonna find out what Bubba is going to do, Bubba. yes. Correct, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a, a one-on-one with Jim Gray next week. We'll get to the Bubba's on the Let's Go podcast on Tuesday. <laughs> how amazing would it be if that was actually true? Bubba, Tom Brady, and <laughs> Jim Gray. I'm replacing Larry Fitzgerald next week. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. I love that. I'd love that. If you're still overpaying for a razor in this economy, that's just flat-out gross. With Dollar Shave Club, you can get a top-shelf shave at a regular shelf price. Dollar Shave Club is available at a store near you in the men's razor aisle. That's it. That's the ad. How about this? The newest addition to the AFC Pro Bowl roster, at least the Pro Bowl games roster, as we know it will be different this year, and of course it's on ESPN, Chris, mm-hmm. at quarterback, the fourth alternate, Tyler Huntley. Yeah. Tyler Huntley mm-hmm. is going to the Pro Bowl. The three quarterbacks will be Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and Tyler Huntley because Tua is injured, because Lamar Jackson is injured, mm-hmm. because Josh Allen is injured, and because Patrick Mahomes is in the Super Bowl. Yeah. We got to Tyler Huntley. Yeah, it's interesting. He threw two touchdown passes. This well, year. listen, he might be a lot better at flag football than he is real football. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, don't don't disparage <laughs> Snoop Huntley. I mean, he got him to the postseason. Snoopy himself deserved to be yeah. in the Pro Bowl. Although over I Tyler. think Roquan Smith is probably more responsible for getting the Baltimore Ravens to the postseason. Yeah, than maybe was. just a little bit. Just a little bit. That yeah. is, I could not believe that. When Cam Good for him, though. He's going into free agency. He gets to have Pro Bowl on his resume. Good I'm for sure him. there's a nice Pro Bowl oh, bonus oh, in there. Hopefully you get a little get a little bag in free agency. Who is Steve Bashotti more mad at? Uh, the Browns for paying Deshaun Watson or the NFL, the NFL for selecting Tyler Huntley as the fourth alternate? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still the Cleveland I'm Browns pretty sure with it Jimmy is Haslam. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. Canty, um, the Giants and their salary cap situation – is a fascinating, fascinating, uh, developing, I don't even want to call it a situation, storyline this offseason. Teams are being told, in case you missed it yesterday, the salary cap for 2023 will be $224.8 million. Mm-hmm. So that is up roughly 20-some million dollars. Is yep. that about accurate? Yeah, it's up. No, it's up sixteen million dollars. Sixteen million dollars. Yeah, it went from two hundred eight to two twenty four point eight. Okay, so seven and a half percent. The franchise tag for non exclusive franchise tags for the quarterback is thirty two point four one six. Oh yeah. The exclusive franchise tag for a quarterback. It's in the forties. Forty five million roughly. Yeah, yeah. Now what that means is that no other team can negotiate. Uh, with a quarterback on an exclusive franchise tag. On the non-exclusive, a team can sign the quarterback, but they would also have to, in addition uh, to signing them to a contract, would have to surrender two first-round picks mm-hmm. to the team that had him. Running back, $10.091 million on the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. Now, both of these are very relevant for the Giants, because we know about the situation with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, who are set to become free agents. The Giants have roughly 44, not roughly, they have 44.7 million in 2023 cap room. That is third most in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Is it pretty cut and dried here 
that for Daniel Jones, if you don't work out a three-year deal in the area of, I don't know, what, 110 to 120, something like that? that oh, three years deal for $120 million? So $40 million a year? I'm just I'm speculating between no, no, 100 no, 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 and 120. No, 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 let's no, say no, that. No, 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 no. What's your number then for Daniel? No, Jones? no, I I don't I don't think I'm committing to Daniel Jones on a long term deal. That franchise tag has his name written all over it. Sure, it's a little bit more than what the fifth year option would have been, but I don't think anybody blames the Giants for not exercising his option last spring. They wanted to see if Daniel Jones could get it done in a prove it year, and he did. But, Carlin, I'm not in a rush to hand over a nine-figure contract to a guy that had 15 passing touchdowns in the regular season. I'm just not going to do that. So I would like to see more from Daniel Jones, but I I do look at the non-exclusive franchise tag as a viable option for the Giants to move forward. they got plenty of cap space this offseason. They've got $75 million in cap space based on the new projections. $75 million, Carlin. So why not use some of that cap space – to give yourself a degree of certainty before you make the decision to pay Daniel Jones long-term. Well, let me ask you this question. You and I both believed that the Giants could very easily be a team that takes a step back next year. Mm -hmm. Chris, with that kind of cap room, how far away are they? Does that change that dynamic to the point where you're more than comfortable giving him the franchise tag or... Do you still want to try to work out not five, six-year, he's our guy forever deal, but a two- to three-year deal where I can make it a little more cap palatable and add to it more and try to win with him right now? Yeah, I mean, if it's a three-year deal in the ballpark somewhere between 75 and $90 million, cool. I mean, that, that means I'm paying him 25 to $30 million. I can stomach that. It's pretty clear. Because- I mean, but do we think he's going to get more than $30 million a year on the on the – free agent market? Well, I mean, there are reports out there that saying Daniel Jones could get somewhere between 30 and $40 million per year on the open market. Mm-hmm. Those reports surfaced earlier this week. So if I'm the New York Giants, I'm looking at the franchise tag and saying, if you're unwilling to take this team-friendly deal and keep your salary somewhere in that 75 to $90 million over three years range, then we're just going to go ahead and franchise tag you. What, what's wrong with that? I, I think it presents an opportunity for the Giants to maintain cap flexibility in future years. And that was something that Joe Shane talked about when discussing the Saquon Barkley contract negotiations, making sure that this team doesn't do anything this offseason that will preclude them from doing things to upgrade the talent level, not just in 2023, but in future years. Is there any chance that if they actually just tagged him, that somebody else would sign him and give up the two first round. Oh picks. well, God bless. I mean, if you're going to give it me, happens, if you're going to give Go me ahead. two first round draft picks for Daniel Jones, God bless. But here's the thing: the Giants got other business than Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley this offseason. They got to find a way to give Andrew Thomas a contract extension. He's an All Pro tackle, Carlin. You don't let those guys go. You also have an all-pro defensive lineman in Dexter Lawrence. You got to find money for him because he's eligible for a contract extension. So you got to take care of those two guys as well because those are cornerstones that Joe Shane and Brian Daybol need to build around moving forward. Now, I was throwing out the hypotheticals. I'm with you. Tag him. Somebody else wants to do that. Go nuts. Yeah. But I'm tagging him and giving him that $32 million for the coming year. And I'm using all that other money to try to see if I can bring myself a whole lot closer. Because, frankly, there's not enough talent here to be considered that close. Yeah. There's just not. And they, 
They overachieved this mm-hmm. season. I don't think there's any getting around that. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio filling in for Greeny today. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Right now, we like to make you money. Mm-hmm. And so we will be telling you whether it's a good bet or a bad bet. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide. May the odds be ever in your favor. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? This is one of the staples of our show, Canty and Carlin, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And we welcome in Cam Kim Pratt, or Cam Pratt, mm-hmm. who will ask us the question, is it a good bet or a bad bet? I, I, like Canty, also did not get a uh, incorrect middle name, so a little, uh, little bit of a rough I did, start, however, call you go. Campbell at the beginning. Yes. Campbell Pratt. So at least you got the wrong first name. <laughs> All right, let's start off. Super Bowl prop bet edition. Canty, I'll start with you. Patrick Mahomes, over 287 and a half passing yards. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? Uh, I'm going to go with a good bet just because Pat Mahomes is going to have to be Superman going up against that Eagles defense. I I imagine that this is going to be a team that's playing from behind because the Eagles dominate first-half scoring differential. So that means a lot of throwing the football. And we saw Pat Mahomes. It doesn't matter if he doesn't have balance on the offensive side of the ball. He became the, the, the quarterback to have the fewest amount of rushing yards in a conference championship game to advance to the Super Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, I think Pat Mahomes does go over that number of 287.5. I think it's a great bet that he will go over that number. You know why? Two words. Garbage time. That's yeah. right. I got the Eagles winning this game big, and that means by a minimum of two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he will absolutely go over 300 yards for mm-hmm. that very reason. He will be throwing the ball quite a bit in the second half. I mean, look at the other night for Pete's sake. Mm-hmm. They basically abandoned the running game altogether. Yeah. All right, Cam, next. All right, Jalen Hurts, the other quarterback, over 48 and a half rushing yards. Chris Carlin, is that a good bet or a bad bet? You know, that's interesting to me. I'm going to say that that's a bad bet right now because I'm still not convinced that Jalen Hurts is going to light it up on the ground in this game. 48 and a half. What do you have the end of the day? 39 I think he had 39 yards rushing. Yeah, 39 yards rushing on 11 attempts. I'm going to say it's a bad bet. I'm not ready to go back on the over on Jalen Hurts' rushing yards yet. Uh, I am against that Kansas City Chiefs defense. Did Mm -hmm. you see what Joe Burrow did? Yeah. Four rushes for 30 yards. I mean, it was one draw play that parted like the Red Sea on a third down. I think Jalen Hurts finds ways to take advantage of those opportunities, as Steve Young calls them, those free yards that are out there. Yeah. So I think it's a good bet that he goes over on the rushing number. Two weeks between conference championship and Super Bowl, he's going to be healthier. Biggest stage of his professional career. I think we see Jalen Hurts rely on his legs a little more than we've seen in the first two postseason games. Next. All right, this might be the easiest one, and I cannot believe that this number is this low. Travis Kelsey, under 76.5 receiving yards, Canty. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? Ooh, I think that's a good bet. Oh, I mean, my bet, gosh. Good bet, right? That's an amazing bet. Yeah, that's oh, a I great said, bet. I said under, by the way. You, I no, thought no, you no, said no. over. You under. said under? Under 76 and a half. Do you think that's good or bad? I think that's a no, horrible that's a bad bet. bet. Yeah, that's I why you, I said it's an atrocious bet. I thought you were giving me over under. All right, don't get cute yeah, here, okay? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't confuse me, Cam, okay? Well, it's bad enough that we already are involved in math and all of this thing. Don't, don't start doing wordplay on me. But, yeah, 
Travis Kelsey's going over 76 and a half yards receiving. Yeah. That, Is there any question about that, Carla? I'll use the word Lockadini. Lockadini. That's the word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's going over that. Look at Cam trying to word throw the play. Yeah, come on, man. Stop. Please. Got to keep it on your toes. Yeah. How about Miles Sanders over 63 and a half yards from scrimmage, Carlin? Is that a good bet or a bad bet? Yards from scrimmage? Yeah, I think that's a good bet. I think that's definitely a good bet. I would expect him to be able to surpass that. I think he's going to catch, you know, three or four passes at least. I, I'd be surprised if he didn't go over 63 and a half yards from scrimmage. 63 and a half yards? Hmm. It's not rushing. It's yards from scrimmage. Yeah, I got you. But the Eagles like to spread the wealth when it comes to the guys in the backfield. We saw Kenneth Gainwell have his first 100-yard rushing game in 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 his career in, in the game against the New York Giants. Boston Scott scored a touchdown yesterday. I'm going to take the under on this one. I'm going to go under 63 yards, 63 and a half yards from scrimmage for Miles Sanders. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, bad Interesting. bet. Bad bet. Next. All right. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Huge game in the AFC Championship game. He right now is plus 220 to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl, Chris Canty. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? Uh, You got to say good bet, right? I mean, you got to say it's a good bet. Think about it. I mean, if you're going to focus the attention of the defense on Travis Kelsey and you got those other receivers banged up, why not go to the guy that said after the game that he was whooping Eli Apple all game long. Marquez Valdez-Scandling, what was it, six catches, 116 in a ton? Yep. Yeah, yep. I mean, he was the go-to guy for Pat Mahomes. All six catches went for first downs. I, I, I absolutely think this is a good bet. Well, the in, early indications are the Chiefs expect those guys to be back, whether it's Kadarius Tony, Juju Smith-Schuster, and then who was the third? It was Mecole uh, Hardman. Yeah, Mecole Hardman. They expect them to be healthy for the game. If they're healthy, I think it's a terrible bet. Uh, I would not put it on uh, Marquez Valdez-Scandling at that point. But, I, I listen, if two of those three are not playing, then it's a good bet. That's what I would need. Oh, here we go with the conditional stuff. Got one more quick? I do. Over 49.5 total points, Chris Carlin. Good bet, bad bet. Great bet. I'm absolutely expecting this to be a 31-20, 30, 36-37-20 type game. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. First blush, I've got it 34-26. So that's subject to change. But right now, my initial thoughts on the game, 34-26, well over the 49 and a half. Am I out of my That total's got to move, by the way, right? It's got to move. Oh, yeah. It's going to go up. Am I completely out of my trees to think that this is not going to be a close game? No, no, because I don't think it's going to be terribly close either. I think the final score will look a lot closer than the game actually is. Yeah, there may be a late touchdown or something thrown in there. Yeah, but we are throwing a lot of disrespect to Pat Mahomes. We are, and I'm sure over the next couple of weeks we'll hear about it. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.